So I was reviewing my notes, which, by the way, are public, so you can always see what I've lined up to put on the mixtape on GitHub. I'll put a link in the show notes below. And I realized I accidentally accumulated a bunch of stories around the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there's some business stuff, there's some creator economy stuff. And in general, there's not a very strong theme apart from the fact that they all have to do with the MCU. So this is the first story coming from Acquired.fm, which did a really good episode on Sony. But I think the Sony MCU deal was just weird. It's just unusual in terms of like the, the terms, in terms of the sharing of IP, in terms of the revenue split, which is ridiculous. Um, have a listen. Okay, so here's an interesting little aside that I want to take you down. So this year, Sony will do about $86 billion in revenue. Okay. Remember that number, $86 billion. I'm writing it down here. Over the last... Let's see, 22 years, Sony has had an asset that has generated about $7.5 billion in revenue that we have not talked about on this episode yet. Do you know what that is? Ooh, I don't. That $7.5 billion would be the box office gross receipts for the Spider-Man franchise. Ah, uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Not even including home video, not even including, you know, other other licensing things around that. There is an insane story about why we're talking about Spider-Man and Sony when we've done so much wonderful discussion on this show on Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Disney. And I mean, there's been close to 10 episodes dedicated to that world. And so while we were doing the Sony story, I thought... We got to link it in somehow. Yes. All right. What's going on? Why does Sony have (laughs) Spider-Man? Okay. So uh, first of all, there's a great Planet Money on this linked in the show notes. You should go check that out if you want the real deep dive. Sony, as you know, has done a mix of good deals and, and bad deals corporately in their history. Marvel, before their most recent stint, mostly did bad deals, as we talked about on the Marvel episode. And this may have been the worst one that they ever did. So starting around 2000, Sony approaches Marvel and says, we'd like to pay you $10 million for the film rights to Spider-Man. Now, Marvel had never done, the MCU wasn't a thing, Marvel Studios wasn't a thing. They didn't do the deal with Merrill Lynch to go take on a bunch of debt to start Marvel's studio, you know, nothing. So they look at this and they're like, free money. Okay, free money. We'll get... 10 million, that's great. I think they also were going to get 5% of the movie revenue. So Marvel's like, we get a licensing fee, we get some ongoing revenue. And I think Sony said, and we'll split the money that comes from Spider-Man toys that are sold specifically to the movie. And there you look at that and they're like, that's probably all incremental. So great, let's do it. In some ways, that was a really boneheaded decision. In other ways, you know, maybe they wouldn't have known to start Marvel Studios, absent the gigantic success of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. But, David, $10 million and 5% of the revenue is what Marvel gets out of this. So here's the insane thing. This is the deal that they signed that somebody, like, getting fired isn't enough for the criminality of this deal. (laughs) Sony has the right to produce Spider-Man movies forever forever yes in perpetuity as long as they release one every five years and nine months (laughs) so we can guarantee (laughs) that there is going to be 
one Spider-Man movie at least every five years and nine months. Forever. Yes. Forever. And so this is why we got those weird Andrew Garfield movies right after the three Tobey Maguire ones oh, where they told the yes. same story again. And you yeah, were like, yeah, I like I never even bothered with those. It's like, <laughs> why is this happening? Right. They had to produce and release them in order to retain the rights. Oh, my and so God. You might say like, OK, well, how does it work now? Because we've got a new Spider-Man who, you know, is the same in the Spider-Man movies and in the Marvel movies, like somehow he's back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So what happened there? Well, obviously Marvel really wants to have Spider-Man included in the Avengers. And they also decide that, well, can we make it so that the Spider-Man movies that are coming out are good and like kind of tie in, like that's maybe the same actor. It really should be kind of cohesive. And the people over at Marvel, you know, they're artists. This isn't some we're producing a movie just to keep a deal alive. They're not like Sony Pictures. <laughs> they cut a second kind of bad deal. This is really interesting to pay attention to where the leverage is. They are saying, we will make the movies. Like, we will make the independent Spider-Man movies, mostly. Like, it's going to be technically Sony's creative control, but we're basically doing the whole production let's keep the same deal where we only make 5%, but we're going to basically make the movies. And in return, you have to let us put that Spider-Man into the MCU. Wow. And so they cut that deal right before Captain America's Civil War, which is where they introduced Spider-Man. So all these recent Spider-Mans, No Way Home, and it's actually this weird joint ownership where sony's making the money but marvel's making the movie and they're just doing it in order to like get to use spider-man in the mcu and on top of all of this you might say like wait how does this work because some of them spider-man movies are spider-man movies other ones are marvel movies if spider-man is the main character it's a sony movie with the 95 5 split and it doesn't go on disney plus Sony gets to license out the movie wherever they please. If Spider-Man is not the main character, it is a Marvel movie, and it's just all the same normal stuff that Marvel always owns. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad you researched that. That is so fun. <laughs> it's wild. And if you look at the performance of Spider-Man No Way Home, the one that just came out that already grossed worldwide 1.7 billion in revenue. Remember, Sony is keeping 95% of that. The costs are high. You know, these movies cost hundreds of millions to make now. But Sony Pictures itself only made 10.2 billion this year. So 1.12, I don't know what the, there's a big marketing budget, but like whatever their cut of the $1.7 billion grossing movie is, the bottom line of that is pretty impactful to this $10 billion total revenue line. So Marvel now has an incentive to make the cost of the movies as high as possible, right? It's a good question. I don't I assume there's yeah, a lot more There must be caveats in that deal. But it is I think like the first time in history that a big piece of IP like this and this they point this out on the Planet Money episode. There's a lot more drama to it by the way involving the Sony hack and executives who are, you know, at war with each other. But the long and the short of it is I think it's the first time that two studios that are rivals like this 
have, I mean, because this is two of the big five, shared really important IP and actually created successful product out of it. That is so cool. And the the movies have been incredibly successful, right? Totally. And really good. That's the thing. Sony almost tried to do like an MCU type thing with all the IP that they owned, but it was like Spider-Man and Ghostbusters and a bunch of like very odd things that didn't belong together. Again, this is all in the Sony hack emails, but then they started bringing Spider-Man into PlayStation marketing in kind of a weird way. Like, do you remember the PlayStation 3 font? was the same, like, on, that was printed on the outside as the Spider-Man Tobey Maguire series. Now it makes sense why the Spider-Man games are PlayStation exclusives. I always wondered that. I was like, what? Why is this not on Xbox? Pretty crazy. There's even something more nutty, like, for another 10 million. I think Sony could have licensed all the Marvel characters, but somebody was like, eh, they're all kind of bad except Spider-Man. No one cares about any of the others, which was like kind of true at the time. Like no one really cared about Iron Man. They sort of like invented the MCU out of, you know, second tier characters. And the, so Sony was like, eh, no, let's just go get Spider-Man. Oh let's do gosh. that. <laughs> this is like a confederacy of dunces here. Like who is more stupid than the other? Totally. But it just goes to show you can't forecast these things. You don't know. You don't know. So I'm not very happy about the fact that Sony is being very petty about the Spider-Man property uh, and they have it in perpetuity and they seem to be not very good stewards of it. I feel like the fans who make Spider-Man what it is today should have some say, but also how do you have a say in IP? I guess you have to just wreck it <laughs> and run it into the ground uh, before you're willing to sell it off and that's essentially what Sony almost did. And now with this sort of half-and-half half situation, Sony has valuable IP which you can hold on to forever and yet monetize with the help of the MCU and keep a 95% cut. Just ridiculous. 